Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is the writer of the sci-fi romantic comedy Godzilla Plus One, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. What's up, brother? Tell me you wouldn't watch that movie, dude. I would watch it. Absolutely. I, I want it to be like his um, from the old school, which uh trying to think. Was it King of All Monsters? The one where his uh, little son that looks like completely ridiculous. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why'd you have to bring him up? <laughs> well, I'm I've just saying to... it's his wedding, but he's a right. single dad. <laughs> so now he has to try to get a plus one for his son's wedding. And it's Godzilla plus one. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd this watch is it. my idea. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd do I'd it too. Watch it. Make it anime. I don't give a shit. It'll be hilarious. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, some of these platforms are looking for extra ideas, man. Like they need that burst. Godzilla is hot right now, Shane. It's hot. It's burning, baby. This is amazing that this was the movie uh Godzilla just putting it out for people, Godzilla minus one, a movie we we will cover today. A movie that like I was like, yeah, I want to see it. It's getting pretty good reviews, but I don't know. I'll probably try to check it out. By the end of the weekend, it was like everybody i saw was like godzilla minus one deserves an oscar <laughs> like godzilla's making so much i was at the movie theater on friday night for Saltburn, and which we'll talk about later too and i asked the the manager guy because i'm friendly with him and he i was like what is this for like it was a busy lobby and he was like it's beyonce sure but it's also a lot of godzilla and a lot of hunger games and i was like Fucking Godzilla's up on that level, like with the three, <laughs> that threesome. Holy shit! So it blew my mind that it was that busy. My ten a.m. ten fifteen a.m. screening on Sunday was well attended. What a story, Shane! You must be thrilled. I am thrilled. This is a good time to be Godzilla fan. Like, think about it. You got Monarch. You got Godzilla minus one. You got Godzilla and Kong. The next movie coming out next year. This is a prime time for to be a Godzilla fan, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Sure. It's like you said. It's uh, I tell people I saw Godzilla minus one. It was great. And they're like, oh, fucking Godzilla. They they like people just like pawn it off because you got a big green monster in it. Right. It was an unbelievable movie. Yeah. And I'm going to let you take the floor on this one because you're not as much of a Godzilla fan as I am. So I want to hear your experience. Just because I'm not into the American one doesn't mean I wasn't there, buddy. But but I want to hear your experience watching Godzilla minus one because I was floored when I heard your uh, you messaged me afterward about your experience. Kind of gave me like a wink, wink, like this is great. So I want to hear what you have to say about this movie first. It was surprising in all the different ways. Like even if people tell you like. It's it's got these great reviews and you figure like the people who are seeing this are people like you uh, who are just like all in, you know, just heavily invested, you know, just have watched it their whole lives just there. Right. So you figure this like those early scores like the, it was like eight point something IMDb a high, you know, great on letterbox everywhere. Everywhere was saying good things. And I was like, well, those are Godzilla fans. You know, that's what this is, right? And I'm going to go and I'm going to go, yeah, it's it's good. You know, I'll probably be like, it's fine. Fuck no, dude. This movie is what, like I, I told you uh, on the thing, because we were kind of trading back and forth. This is like top 10 of the year stuff. This is insane. Where like, again, like I scoffed slightly when my friend was like, deserves an Oscar. Because he's, he's not an Oscar guy. But I was just like, even to have that sentiment is huge. And I'm watching this movie. And one of the things they said going in that I happened to catch was that this movie had way more heart and defined characters and and like just substance to it more than like the ones that, you know, maybe we grew up on. I used to watch, I'm sure you're the same, where I used to watch uh, the New Year's Day marathons. It was WPIX oh. would have, you know, the uh, King, uh, yeah, have Godzilla marathon all day long. Um, I can tell you like the deep cut ones, like I've seen Godzilla versus Biolante, which is like one of the worst ones. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it was like too showy before we even get to the Matthew Broderick, you know, what was that? 99, right. 98, 98. Um, so, and you know, <laughs> I said to my brother, I was like, if I hear puff daddy once I'm out. Um, so <laughs> it, 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 that's, that's my relationship 
with uh, Godzilla. But you know, I, I I always took the the Japanese ones for what they were, which was don't expect a ton of story, but just expect you know a guy in a rubber costume to destroy the place and fight another monster. You know, and the more monsters, the better. Give me King of All Monsters. You know, and all, all that. This movie is not any of that. And nope. the fact that a this movie costs, I believe I heard somewhere like in the range of like twenty million, is yeah. nuts. Like this, ten. yeah. So even if it's anywhere in there, holy crap! Like it, ju- it should make Marvel fucking vomit. <laughs> it's, it's like if you pulled this off enough, and you gave just enough story, and people are over the moon about it, and it costs what two percent of a Marvel movie, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy, and I I embellish. That's probably more like you know five to ten percent. But either way, that's crazy. But yeah, dude, I I'm watching this movie, and I loved the post World War II Japanese backdrop. You know, I thought that was very effective. The well defined characters coming out of the war, and the people he encounters immediately coming home, and coming home to rubble, and kind of like going through all this emotional stuff is it was very effective. And then as the movie goes on, I'm like, are they setting up this movie like it's Independence Day? And then like, you know, because like there's even the speech from like a like a, a Japanese gold bloom kind of a character that we have in the movie. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting Star Wars New Hope vibe. And, and then like towards the end of the movie, the very end, I was like, motherfucker, is this Dunkirk? Like they like that. <laughs> and you know exactly why that is. And that's why you're laughing, because you know it. You know what I'm talking about. But for me to call those three movies and have this, you know, kind of war style movie, have it be kind of small in a sense, uh, because it's not like, you know, a huge city, Tokyo backdrop, whatever, they kind of like skirt that. This movie is incredibly well done. And I was so impressed. And like I said, it's right up there. It's going to be one of those movies that when my, you know, critic, bougie, dummy, you know, uh, listings, I'm going to be like, you know, your heart wants to put Godzilla minus one higher. And I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I don't even know how to score it. You know, I'm, 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 but it's at minimum a four star movie. Yeah, absolutely. I felt the same way, dude. And I think I texted you after the movie. This is like the best character driven Godzilla movie ever made, like ever made. Yeah. And, like, and the I told American you- one should cry. Yeah, and I told you last week or whenever we were talking about Monarch, I thought like with every Godzilla King Kong movie, the weakest element was the human element of the story. Like that's Absolutely. like whatever. Forget about that. Let's get let's get fighting with the Titans, you know? Yeah. But Godzilla really wasn't in this movie all whole lot. Like No. Honestly, like there are long periods without Godzilla in this movie. It was the backdrop of a World War II torn japan and how they're coming up from it and you get this character who was a failed kamikaze pilot and his just survivor's guilt through this whole movie which drove the which drove the movie you know oh absolutely yeah absolutely fucking terrific i hung on every scene in this movie i thought the score was fantastic yeah i even thought like the godzilla it wasn't major cgi but it was cgi but like it wasn't like over the top no, like you not can at believe all. you can believe like, hey, there might be a guy in that suit. That yeah. you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was almost like a throwback to that era. But like, I love the fact like uh, his spikes like rose up when he was yeah. about to shoot his atomic blast, which was yep. never seen before. I this is a gripping human story of just that time and place of world war two, like you said, and just the survivor's guilt and the characters, the daughter that the girl is taking care of. Cause she lost her mom. Like it was so engrossing. And I thought Godzilla was more of like a backdrop. Like he wasn't even needed in this movie, but he was like a MacGuffin yeah. for this movie. It, it's terrific. And people, I told you at the top, people laugh at me when I say that, Oh, this Godzilla is really good. Like, Oh, Godzilla, go, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm like, no, seriously, go watch this movie. Yeah. And the fact that it's doing so well is, is making me so happy because it's on a limited release here in the U.S., right? It's not, like, going to be out forever. But no, the fact from what I hear, like, one or two weeks tops. 
But right. they might change their mind the way it's yeah, right going. Right now, yeah. but it's killing it right now. And it's yeah. like you said, like Marvel and all these high IP properties should take note. Like you can do a good, a great movie with limited budget. Like ten, like I, I told you, I read it was ten million dollars. I think I read this this movie was made for. Yeah, I and thought I made, heard fifteen to twenty, but either way, it's impressive. But it made like what twenty three this week, something like that. So domestically, it made eleven and a half, 11. and then internationally, it made twenty three and change. So like thirty four and a half over the right. weekend. That's a crazy lot. From, again. Like already making honest, back your budget. Right. Honestly, from honestly, from word of mouth, from yeah. what I gather, you know, I barely saw stuff for it. Right. So it's a good time to be a Godzilla fan. Embrace it all. Embrace this one. Embrace Monarch. Embrace. Kong, which I saw the trailer this weekend, and I'm already hyped for that one. So let's <laughs> let's go. I, no. Why are you shaking your head? Why you, are you shaking I, your head? You know why? I sent you the message where I saw the trailer for <sighs> uh, Godzilla vs. You know X uh, right. Kong. Uh, what is it called? The something Empire? What is Rise it? of the Empire? Or something yeah, like something that, like right. that. Um, that trailer, the VFX looks like garbage. Yeah, we'll see when it comes out, though. I'm excited about it. Though. How long you know until I mean? it comes out? Uh, March of 2024. Is yeah, what it's I heard. not enough time to fix all that. Right. Uh, like, but it, let's go. It's it's rough. But uh, let's let's uh, in retrospect, though, this movie makes you at least made me appreciate the Garth Edwards 2014 Godzilla movie, which a lot of people gave flack over because you didn't really see Godzilla in the movie. It sure. did have like a good el- uh, human element in it with um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think, was in it, and Brian Cranston, Millie Bobby <clears throat> Brown, right? Yeah, so you get that, and uh, yeah, so I think Garth Edwards was was on to something back then, but this like is the pinnacle of like what you want out of a Godzilla movie, dude. It was it was perfect. I gave this a four point five, and it's in my top ten for the year. Yeah, I don't think it'll crack my top five. Like, if I was biased like I am, I would slip it in there, but I can't slip it in my top five. But it's in my top ten for sure. Yeah, I was telling you I'm having, like, a end-of-the-year anxiety where I'm, like, questioning, like, some of my grades from earlier in the year. And if, you know, am I underrating stuff now or am I, did I overrate the stuff back then? So I'm, like, slowly but surely trying to at least rewatch some of, like, the right. movies from either over the summer or even a little bit before and just to be like, do I get the same jolt to justify my scores? You know, like every time I see my brother, he goes, you know, I know we both really like John Wick 4, but he's like, is it really like that? Yeah, I'm like, it is. Watch your mouth. It is. I don't, hey, I want to check it out again to to justify my my stuff there. But, you know, even watching, I watched uh, like bits of it, uh, you know, scrolling past the channels or whatever. And I was like. This fight scene's doing it for me right here in five minutes. But again, like uh, you want to take the full breath to know where you're at for for end of the year status. But I even rewatched because uh, Spider Verse is on Netflix. Netflix. I turned that on last night trying to do it. So yeah, it's really starting to come together at the end of the year where I'm trying not to have recency bias to be like Godzilla made me feel all these feelings and then I'm like, but is it better than like Mission Impossible? Is it better than that? Like, so it's killing me. Is it better than, uh, you know, The Covenant? You know, haven't watched that yeah. since it came out. That was a long time ago. So it's, that's that's what's getting to me at this moment. So, but amazing start for Godzilla. I am very interested because like you said, if it's happening off of word of mouth, the word of mouth isn't getting any worse. I, I was talking to people over the weekend who didn't see it and were like, what'd you think? And telling them, and then they, their eyes like lit up like they were going to like leave the bar I was at and just go see it probably on the Dude, way home. It's, it's like 98% critic score on Rotten yeah. Tomato, which yeah. is unheard of for a Godzilla movie. I know. And the only thing, which shouldn't be a thing, but as a person who's watched all of the Japanese ones growing up and into my adulthood, the one thing that you can kind of say is that some of the most dramatic moments, the lead is not that strong at dramatic acting. Right, right. Which, that's when you go try to play the thing where it's like, okay, this is a Godzilla movie. This is a Japanese Godzilla movie. What did you expect? But then when you're watching the movie in its total and you're like, everything else is like nailing it, pitch perfect. He's the only thing where I can go, 
ah, but it's not a perfect film. So I know, right? It, That's but why I gave it a four point five. I know. And then you like look at the other side characters though, and they're so good. And a lot of them are really good at being that like winking, ridiculous humor that is in some of these, but not going so far where I feel like I'm in a ridiculous movie. You know what I mean? Like they right. kept it in check enough so that way they can balance between this heavy world post World War II backdrop and the death of soldiers and all these other things, but then also be like but remember, we're here to fight a giant, you know, dinosaur Lizard. dragon monster. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think it did just enough balancing that right. I, I rarely ever thought like, oh, all right, this is when it gets cartoonish. You know, it didn't. It really right. didn't. That makes me so happy that you love this movie so much, man. I know. Like, it does. I'm happy for that, too, because like, you know, if if... Because it's during Oscar season that they put this stuff in, right? So right. I'm all up my butt watching these, like, you know, uh, amazing, like, you know, heavy dramas and all these things. And I'm, like, weeping in the theater. And then I go see freaking Godzilla the next day. And I feel like a child, you know, again, like just a, that kid watching the, the Godzilla marathons, you know, and just and I'm getting it all on the big screen. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy that this happened. I'm so happy it's not like it got a Japanese release and then it's on Netflix or whatever. You know, I'm I'm happy that I was able yeah, to experience it. You need to see it in the, the theater. Right I think you need to see it in the theater. I think it totally projects. Yeah, projects well to the big screen. Don't wait for Netflix or Amazon Prime or wherever it's going to go. No. Go see this in the damn theater while it's out, people. Yeah, I don't care how good your sound system is. You want to hear that loud ass roar <clears throat> on the big screen. You want all of it. You want all yeah. of this stuff. So it does not disappoint. You're absolutely right. And I loved coming out of the movie theater and hearing like Beyonce beats as I'm like strolling out you know, of the theater, like <laughs> bobbing my head. I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, leaving a Creed movie. It was great. It's like, this is amazing. And also like them bringing back in the, the, the traditional Japanese uh, yes. Godzilla music too, just made me so happy. And to have awesome. it in the closing credits and everything else too. I even tested you. I was great. Like I was, I literally got in my car and played that Feral Munch song, uh, you know, because it has, you know, from the early two thousands. Um, Simon says for anybody, all of the real heads out there who know what I'm talking about, please in the comments or anything validate that this was a thing that we all know what it is. Um, but yeah, I love that song and I play it like I'm bumping basically Godzilla on the way home. Sorry, Matthew Broderick or Puffy or Dave Grohl or. Whoever I'm insulting, it wasn't Godzilla the album from 1998. <laughs> Though I had that CD, and I am not ashamed. That is a I great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So you're saying four and a half. I'm probably, I'm probably gonna get there once I get my head out of my ass. I'm probably getting there. I'm already doing that jockeying. It's literally, I think, uh, in my movie rankings for the year, I think the movies above it are four and a half. And the movies below it are all fours. So I can literally pick and choose right now and it'll stay in the Which same ones? position. And yeah, I'll be right there. So that's how high okay. it is. Because there's not right. many that were four and a half or fives this year. If you right. listen to this podcast or know us, it's I'm can I before we move on, just be sure. like it is getting towards the end of the year. I said this kind of like on and off in the last few weeks. It's nuts that I said how this was gonna go how we're going to get all the Oscar movies. And then it's going to be like, we already had a pretty good year, but then it's just going to be like, all these movies are going to come at us at once. And it's going to be like, is this a great year? And I'm like, the more I'm like knocking things off the bottom of my top 25 that I like knowing, like just the amount of at least like good movies, let alone like it's not top heavy, but it's starting to get top heavy. Like, all the podcasts I listen to that talk about Oscars, their predictions of like what the 10 is, I can live with those. There's no movie where I'm like, fuck that movie. <laughs> that movie doesn't belong. And it, I'd be fine with it. There's usually at least like a couple that you're just like, no, I don't want this right. movie to exist in the top 10. Of- I got one like, we'll talk about it later, I know. but I got one. <laughs> I got one. Well, I mean, you've been banging the killers of the Flower Moon thing. So, you know, that's no secret. Oh, I got another one. I got another one. I'm sure, but I'll let you know if I think, oh, no, oh, no, now I'm thinking, okay, now I'm scared, you got me scared, you got me shook, Um, 
We'll go to the next one, which I don't believe is the movie you're referring to. Saltburn, nope. which we both saw over the weekend. Uh, this movie, a little bit different uh, in style from... What a weekend, by the way. <laughs> if I told you this episode, it's like, all right. So we're going to talk about a Japanese uh, monster movie. Then an indie movie where there's like, you know full frontal nudity and oh, these bizarre yeah. behavior and all this stuff. And then I'm going to talk about a movie that is like, a, a you know, a Kaufman movie that feel, you know, is just super, uh, like tone crazy and everything else, uh, like bizarre stuff in there. And then I'm going to try to hear you out on May, December, which is where I'm probably going to cry. And even that is based on like the, the Mary Kay Letourneau thing. So ye- wow. What an episode. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was all over the place. I felt like you last week, which all the stuff you saw. Yeah. I finally got to live that, that, that week. I saw a variety of movies yeah, and I'm I'm all in, man. Like it's been a great week of movie watching for myself. Yeah, and I don't expect us to do any like recapping or anything at the end here. But at the same right. time, TV is back in full force too, baby. So back this is in full like force, man. Rushing it content yes. wise for all the like, oh, all we have to cover is this crappy Disney Plus show, and and no, there's no, no movies no, no, at the no. movie theater. No, this is not two months ago. This is hot and heavy. Everything coming at you, a lot of positivity, which is good to hear. Um, right. But just as I said that, I'm going to start talking about Saltburn, <laughs> which I don't think either of us uh, were fans of that much, unless you're really into uh, having sex with graves. Uh, then right. maybe you're just totally into that. That's fine. You no, know, I didn't stutter. No, I didn't misremember anything. That's the same. thing that happens. Yep, it's totally a thing. This is the latest move from Oscar-winning <laughs> writer-director Emerald Fennell, Fennell, Fennell. I've heard it both ways. Now Fennell. I'm talking like uh, I'm in an episode of Psych. Uh, this stars Barry Gogan, uh, Jacob Elordi, uh, just uh, a, a wild cast, Archie Mad Madequi. Madequi. I'm going to go Madequi. Madequi. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, who I've seen the, uh, in a few things there too. I, the cast is not my problem with this movie, so I will put that out there. Um, this is, of course, the follow-up to Promising Young Woman, which I think I don't remember how much we talked about that, but it doesn't seem like a Shane movie first and foremost. Um, let alone this how one, of course. You. I'm just putting it out there. Um, and you can correct me. Uh, that would be, but. And I had my problems with that movie as well. I thought it was good, not great. I thought it like, so here's how I'm going to take the salt burn thing. And I think it also equates to what I think of Emerald Fennel uh, and her work thus far, or at least the last couple of movies. I feel like I watch these movies and it's, it feels like, and this is going to sound obnoxious. I absolutely know this, but it feels like. A college student or like a teenager writing a movie and I mean that in the sense of like it's these big issues or these big topics these big swings of a story but when you really boil it down you open it up and there's nothing inside like right that they don't develop characters they don't give a lot of backstory they don't fill this with ideas they usually go in with one big idea that is sort of baked, not baked. Like it, it's, it's something to where, and I felt, you know, that this movie's getting overall positive reviews, right? Yes. And were were you in the theater with a bunch of people who were enjoying it way more no, than you two? I was in the theater with one other person. Okay, I was in a well attended uh, theater group, mostly younger. It felt like, and I felt like I was going through bottoms all over again. Because oh no, because oh, I'm leaving no, the theater Andrew. and people are saying good things as I'm exiting, Ugh. and I'm like, "What is happening?" But here's the thing: I think her movies have a lot of style. She's actually kind of funny. There's a lot of like good landing humor that was in yes. both movies. But honestly, like, there's nothing to Barry Keoghan's character if you really open him up. There's motives of class, mental health. Uh, and cleverness but they don't do anything from a viewing perspective 
and they don't do a good enough job of like selling why those things occur because it's so easy now to just be like, ah, he's crazy. Right. But that's not a good movie if you're just right. kind of explaining it away. So I'm curious to see where you landed on this before we get into details. Okay. So overall, surprisingly, I did like this movie for the most part. I did. It got me hook, line, and sinker. Like I loved for for me, this was a Barry Keoghan, how you pronounce his name. He killed it. Like he killed this movie, right? Yeah, like I said, performance I, was not my problem. Yeah, I felt like though, if you want to see a better movie, just go watch the talented Mr. Ripley. One hundred percent. And you'd be happy with that, right? Yep. As this movie unfolds, though, I thought, like you said, stylish. I wrote that down. It's very stylistic movie. I thought it was underratedly funny. Like, it was funny. Like, I don't know if it was meant to be as funny as it was, but, like, the fact they got this huge palace castle and they're watching movies, like, in the smallest room of their castle, I thought was hilarious. I don't know. I started laughing at it, right? And they're having karaoke and there's, like, just these funny moments but at the end of it though i just felt like you said like what are his motives like he comes from a middle class family so he's not like poor dirt poor yeah i thought they looked pretty good his his parents in the house and the whole thing right yeah so like his motive for doing what he did didn't make any sense whatsoever right at all yeah right that was my biggest issue with the movie it's like okay uh this movie was awkward at times, like in not in a good like when when uh, Felix found out mm-hmm. like his parents were alive. Right, I felt like, oh my god, like what's that conversation going to be like? Like it it has you on pins and needles, right? Right, and it, it's it, but it falls flat because of the writing, like you said, like there's no motive for him to do what he did. In fact, I wouldn't have you know with him and Rosemont Pike, I would have kept her alive because she's hot and. You could have done whatever you wanted with her. <laughs> yeah, and sure. Yet, yeah, you know, right? Yeah. So Just bide your time. But, You're living in the yeah. castle. Yeah. Right. And the fact that it's set in 2006, I was like, okay, is this uh, supposed to be significant? But it wasn't. And I think they, they just wanted to be set in 2006, which is fine. I think it's significant to her and slightly to some, but I don't think it's as important, especially American culture-wise. Then right. from what I understand, it was like if, if I didn't think about about it that much at that time because I was, you know, 24 and up my own ass. But like at the same time, it was kind of, I guess, a period of like the Paris Hilton, the celebrity worship, the sure, the, the rich okay. pieces of shit wearing juicy on their ass and fucking couture and like all this like right. like it, starting that kind of like trashy celebrity kind of okay. stuff. So and that makes sense. It, right. I guess. Yeah. Because this family was a joke. Like, yeah. they were so oblivious of what's going on around them, especially the dad character. But they're almost the too character. much. Because to me, yeah, too much. It, it didn't make any sense why they were rich. Like, they would, like, right. drop little bits. They never bits. explained, right. They never explained how they made their money sure. or what they're doing, right? So there's elements missing of this movie. But as a whole, surprisingly, I liked it. I'll never watch it again. But right. I did. I was along for the ride, right? right? And I did like the little twists at the end of what when he finally unveiled his plans, though it didn't make sense to me why he targeted this family, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I, overall, I liked it. I didn't love it. I like her previous movie, uh, um, Promising a Woman. The one, yeah, Promising a Woman. I liked it more than this one. But uh, you know, set design, stylistically, this movie was a really good watch. I just, uh, yeah, it is what it is with this movie. So I ended up giving it a, a 3.5 if I'm going to you know, play my cards out right now. Yeah, I'm not far off from you because, again, I think it has enough to offer to not like just completely trash it. And I didn't sit there having the experience of like being itchy in my seat, like get me the hell out of here. But, yeah, it's one of those movies once you're at the end, you're like, um... Not one person saw through this guy. Not They only pitied him and looked down on him, and nobody thought he was capable of any of this, even as it's like overwhelmingly obvious that who's doing this, and nobody right. investigated, nobody cares. It's it, the It was too loony to me in terms of 
the family, how they handled things, how he gets through things to where it almost feels right. like a dark comedy instead like at times, but I, that's not the intention. It clearly doesn't the seem the intention. Well, like you get that scene at the end with the father trying to get him to go, right? He's like, you've been here long enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he got the sense like you're what's wrong with everything here. And he insisted he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, okay. And it was never clear how he got rid of the dad. Like we just assumed because it jumps time it does. at the end of the movie. Yeah. Right. To where we think it's so, closer to modern times. Because as I told you, I saw a waiter in the background with a mask on. Yes. And so I'm thinking it's got to be 2020s at least. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, this movie had issues, but, uh, you know. For what it was, I didn't hate it, which is weird to say for me. Yeah, I mean, there. Uh, this movie is very polarizing. Weirdly, though, it seems like a lot of people are on the positive end, though I see more and more critics just coming out being like, this movie is batshit and doesn't deserve your time. So, I don't know. It deserves your time. I, I, I will say it deserves your time. There's so many extent. good like, options right now i know but i wouldn't see it in the theaters what i'm telling you like sure. i would wait for it to come on streaming watch it on one of the streaming platforms and you'll be okay like it'll be fine right yeah oh, god this movie's so polarized you just right? know again we're, just... we're in the same thing like i told you about like the bottoms feeling to me where i feel like i'm literally watching in real time like a cult classic being like right. made where it's the same uh thing when i saw what was it not last year, but the year before. The Green Knight. Did you ever end up catching that one? With yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hated that movie. And I'm watching yep. it in literally a full house. Like, sitting arm in arm with, like, everybody. Just full, full, full. Like, opening weekend, whatever. And I saw a lot of people praising it. I'm glad it didn't make it all the way into, like, heavy Oscar rotation stuff. Because I would have gone crazy. Because that right. movie is well, Looney Tunes in a different way, but I, I, I will certain ways right. too, where there's like a jack off scene for no reason, like all these other. It's not far afield. I, I will say in wrapping this up that I I never saw um, uh, the actor who played Felix Jacob Ellerdy. Ellerdy? What Jacob Ellerdy? Right? So okay, so yeah. he's huge right now. He was great. Yeah. First of all, I thought he was a standout in this movie, and I've never seen him in a movie before this movie. He, he was great. So okay, so he's very captivating. I've seen him for years now because a he started his career being in the Kissing Booth movies, being the object of uh, Joey King's affection uh, in okay. in those movies. Then he's on Euphoria, which is like the biggest show, especially of a certain age demo uh that is below our age demo obviously where some of my friends go like they're almost too excited to watch teenagers do drugs and fuck you know what i'm saying but right. at the same time like it is sydney sweeney so i got you um uh. but uh so euphoria is a huge hit so he's on that too now uh he, i just saw him play elvis in priscilla if you remembered my review on that and he yep. did a yep. great, I thought a really good job considering what that movie was uh, and how they portray Elvis and everything else. I thought he did a really solid job there too. And then, yeah, like I told you, he's very captivating. They picked the right guy to be kind of a preppy asshole object uh, in this movie. So, and I, I say asshole loosely. He is, but he's obviously got to be good enough that he, he falls for all Barry, uh, Barry Keoghan's character's tricks. So right. there's that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's odd. It, it, it's it's uneven. It, yeah, it's uneven. Which is also but I loved him tough. in this movie though. I, I, again, for from a person who's never seen him in anything, to watch him in this, I'm like he does take up the screen. He's very captivating in this movie. Yeah, I just wish it was. It's more style and shock than substance is all I could say. And 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 right. and for all of that I'm saying to you, I still think it's a three. Because right. I again, is it watchable to like watch and then have an opinion about because maybe you like it better than us? Sure. But are you gonna be possibly mad at me for also you know, like if I, I'm not gonna recommend this to people, but if you saw it right. and you're like, Oh, I was interested in this, go for it. And then I let's have a conversation I, because we're right. we're similar. I, but I, I, I think, you know, it just depends on how much you eat up the shock and awe of it all. Right. And I told my clients this. It's like you said. I said, watch with – if you want to watch it, just watch with caution. Sure. Right? That's what I told them. I was like, 
I liked it. It's not great. It's going to have you thinking about things and you're not going to unsee certain scenes in this movie. Yeah, that's for sure. uh, Yeah, but just go ahead and just make sure you watch, but have it in the back of your mind. Caution tape around this movie. Yeah, is the best way I can describe this movie. And by the way, I don't know what your preference is, but just to know for my backup intro, uh, if I didn't do the Godzilla plus one joke. Uh, that my other joke was Shane is the source of inspiration for Pulp's common people. That was my other one. <laughs> so I didn't know if you would have also approved that one, but uh, that was going to be my next one, which was great. Uh, absolutely great. That's great. Um, but yeah, uh, so you're three and a half, I'm three, but it, so it's a soft, like, close. go for it, but be, buyer beware, um, which right. is about right. And I don't see this movie probably lingering into awards season. I because uh, no. a the there's too many great movies uh, that are up for stuff that I would be disappointed if it was, but God help me if they put like a screenplay like a original screenplay Oof. or something here because she's a past winner. Fuck that! I'm not, I don't want to see that mistake I, I, made. I agree. Two years, uh, two times in a row. I'm gonna go into Dream Scenario, uh, the latest Nick Cage movie. Shane, this is his fifth movie. Of 2023 for Nick Cage. What a legend. What a, what a, I love him. What a, I love him. What a guy. I love him. What a, he's a national treasure. He is. Yes. <laughs> I was going to make some joke about uh, the Declaration of Independence tattoo or something uh, that he probably has. But this movie, like I said, is one of those, it felt like a Charlie Kaufman clone. It felt like it had a lot in common with. At least vibe-wise of, say, like an adaptation, which is another Nick Cage movie that I adore. Uh, I love that movie. So maybe my my expectations or my thoughts of how this was going to go. Um, they're listing this as comedy horror, which I felt like the trailer really didn't dip too hard into the horror aspect. So I was a little caught off guard maybe by the tone of this movie at times. Uh, this is... Christopher Bor- Borgli, B-O-R-G-L-I, your, uh, your guess. He's he's pretty new on all this stuff. He has another movie coming out soon called Sick of Myself that I believe was in uh, the festival circuit uh, before all this. This is, like I said, of course, Nicolas Cage. Um, there's not a huge amount of like deep cast in this. Not a lot of people you'd be like, a lot of people you'd be like, I know that person, but outside of like, tim meadows and dylan baker you're probably not going to find a lot of like who's who people so to speak uh in this film but the cast is quite good in terms of the movie itself this is about a hapless family man who finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams when his nightmare appearances turn take a nightmarish turn paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom so this movie, like I said, is listed as a comedy horror clash. The tough part about this movie for me, again, especially considering what I thought this movie was going to be, considering Nick Cage at the helm, considering the tone the trailer had, it's a movie I admire more than I like. Oh, okay. Um, this, it ends on a sweet note of like a desperate man trying to connect back with his family and uh, but the whole second half of the movie is bleak, bleak. And if you watch that trailer, you think this is going to be not a romp, but you'd figure it's going to be entertainment uh, for majority of the film, if not all of the film. And I will tell you right now that for a movie that I think is, I don't know, an hour and a half, hour and 40, this movie feels long. Oh, no, be- that's not good. Because you're basically dragged into a living nightmare. That mirrors like the life cycle of like, you know, the the online or social media celebrity life cycle or, you know, it also delves into kind of the destruction of lives could happen with AI. If you think about it, where like dreams feel like it, it goes along with kind of like this modern perception of bad behavior and emotions or vibes versus reality stuff that we have right now. Like if you feelings mattering more than reality, like we've gone through this in the COVID era, we went through this in the Trump era, like all the arguments is like, well, I don't feel like he's a bad guy. And then you're like listing all this terrible stuff somebody does and they go, well, I still like him. And and we never sway or we never change our opinions. It kind of feels like that in a way where it's like, you know, 
people turn on this guy real quick because the dreams change. So as the tr- dreams evolve, their feelings on him evolve, and it just becomes everybody's worst nightmare. Just like it's, it feels like they try to dive into cancel culture stuff too. And yeah, except like it's so hard because in, a, in reality, he did nothing wrong. But if it's something feels like he did something wrong, then he's wrong, right? So it's this, it's so hard, like just his life just slowly slipping after being like people loving him for long stretches in the beginning. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting take. Like I said, I admire it more than I like it, but God, this movie made me feel so bad and so crap, like just sitting in my seat going, all right, can, can we get to the wherever you're going to go with this? Oh, because, boy, okay. So, and this is the movie I was hyped <clears throat> for. Hyped. Thought this was right up my alley. I love Charlie Kaufman. So if he's even trying to lift him a little bit, I'm like, cool, we need more weird in this world. See my Saltburn review. Uh, but like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but this movie, it's like uh, the first act or maybe even the first half is like, what you want and then the second half is like hard to part get through so that's that's where i'm at with that where i don't know again like maybe a three because again it has so much style and thought put into it but it's also something that i can't strongly recommend because it just didn't i left theater going you know where you want to like need a towel uh or or you know a, a nap you know, or maybe not if it's a dream-based movie, but you get my point. You need, you're you exhausted right. by the end of it, mentally and physically, so it's tough. So that's a movie that I was hyped for. So, again, it's a, it's a buyer beware. It has, it's a very good kind of double up here with Saltburn, so take it as you will. So I'm sorry because I know okay. you're going to see it this week, Shane, so I'm I curious am. to see how we're bouncing back. And I'm also scared to ask you how you felt about May-December because I feel like this is where we're going to be at odds, too. So maybe this will be the flip. Maybe this is where you're going to be like, well, I love Dream Scenario, and you can go shove your like high score on May-December up your ass. So like, uh, let me know what you thought because I brought it here last week because this was my Netflix review, uh, the latest film from Todd Haynes, uh, Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, uh, Charlie Melton, who seems to be winning best supporting actor everywhere um he won at the gothams who uh new york uh Critics circle gave him best supporting actor of the year as well so you seem to be dreading this so i'll i'll give you the four okay all right so uh all right so i did give this movie a try and i was open-minded when i watched this movie uh-huh. but you know you after i watched it and i'm gonna just fill some time here I went and looked at all the Oscar stuff, and this was like going to be nominated for like four different categories, right? And it's like you watch the movie and you read that, you're like, "Did I miss something?" Like, I wanted to go to my kitchen and grab my deep iron, my deep skillet iron pan and smash my face with the <laughs> damn thing. Okay, because I, 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 it was okay, right? Like, I don't understand all the hype for this movie. It was an elevated lifetime movie. Mm. Like, if you put Shannon Doherty and Tori Spelling in the lead roles, I would have been fine with it, right? Like, the acting was 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 fine. Natalie Portman and um, Julianne Moore was great, right? I don't understand the, the accolades for uh, Charles Melton. He was boring and subdued in this movie. Maybe that's how he was in real life, but I didn't get, like, he was, uh, so, like, (laughs) it was aggravating because every time, and, okay, so when I read the reviews, like, oh, it was campy, which it was campy, right? And it was like, it's funny. I didn't laugh one time during this movie. I didn't get the humorous parts of this movie. Oh, I laughed early, so, okay. Every time you thought something was going to happen, you had that campy over-the-top piano music, dun-dun-dun, and then nothing would happen. Like, it led you to believe something was going to happen, and nothing happened. Nothing happened, right? It does take the piss. (laughs) It it is intentional, so I'll I'll give you that. Right. I get it. Like, I got that. Like, the piano, over-the-top piano tunes were, were, were meant to be that way. But, man, dude, it was annoying. Nothing happened. I thought this movie was boring. 
I laughed at the end because maybe you were supposed to laugh at the end because Natalie Portman's supposed to be this really good actress. And at the end, it's almost like she's shooting a porno film at the end, (laughs) almost. That's that's what I got the feel for. She had the snake and she's like, uh, it made me laugh. That's the only part I laughed at was the very last scene in the movie where she's got the snake and she's like, oh, you're scared of snakes. I'm like, what are you shooting a porno? Like, this is how all pornos start. Like, I can't imagine you. I'm surprised you didn't laugh early on because there's two laugh lines almost immediately back to back where okay where they they, the first use of them really using that strong soapy score they're in the kitchen julianne moore's talking to her friend and she goes towards the refrigerator like she's going to have some pensive look and and like it's going to be some dramatic push in for an emotional kind of start and she opens the fridge and she goes i don't think we're gonna have enough hot dogs and it literally smash cuts to Joe outside grilling where it's like a humongous amount of hot dogs <laughs> on the grill to where it's immediate right. laugh line. And then right as he's grilling, he's talking to like a neighbor or a friend that like is at the barbecue or like that they're having. And he's literally like, I don't know, man. Like I saw, you know, th- I like they're talking about Natalie Portman as an actress. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I saw her in this thing where she's like, you know, like, uh, I couldn't really follow it, but she's like, uh, you know, uh, I forgot what it was. It was like a witch or something, like something where it was like a blood cult or something. Like He's like, I couldn't follow it. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, what mo- what's the name in the movie? He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really remember. He's like, yeah. All right. I just looked up her naked online. Like, it's immediate. <laughs> right. Like, he's like, I didn't watch the movie. I just right. saw clips because I looked up. Is she naked online? So, right. So, like, both of those are back to back. That's very funny up front. And there are some other lines in between because, to me, for, for anybody who doesn't know or didn't listen last week when I talked about it, just real quick, it's based on the 1997 Mary Kay Letourneau case. They're not playing exactly one for ones, but it's 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 mixed in. Um, it centers around a married couple, Gracie and Joe, Julianne Moore and Charles Melton, who live in the suburbs of Georgia with their twin children. Um, it seems like this nice kind of, you know, suburban, you know, they're in Savannah, you know, island kind of small community kind of thing. But of course, it's based on that case. So it's this is a married couple who have been together since their criminal beginnings uh, when Joe was 13 and Gracie was like in her mid 30s uh, as a 34 as her oh. uh, a married employer employee relationship at a pet store and now you're seeing the modern day and they're about to make a movie about them with natalie portman playing the gracie character and she's coming to shadow to learn about them so i i like did you at least okay because this movie kind of turns tonally from like early on it's almost like procedural or investigative like it's a little more like almost journalistic to start and then it kind of flips to where it flips based on two women who have certain levels of sociopathy that are like playing a chess match of a control game and it's and the manipulations and the losing a grip and seeing Charles Mountain kind of caught in between I loved all that so if you don't like latch in and i i I can't obviously say anything for it but it's really like it's haynes ability to you know i don't know how much other movies you've watched of todd haynes i don't know if you saw carol or far from heaven or safe or any of these other uh, velvet gold mine or whatever but um he loves to just watch like people who seemingly have it all crumble and like, because there's something right. underneath the surface that's gonna just pull the rug out. But here, here's the thing that I I didn't care much for this movie. Like, I I I thought there's more to Natalie Portman's character, which they could have dove in a little deeper about her like idiosyncrasies in this movie. Mm. And they and they didn't right. And again, it's like they build up like there's gonna be some kind of dramatic scene between these two women as their lines are starting to blur and cross over each other. Which I got and I appreciate it, but like nothing ever really happened is my point. Like nothing really happened, right? And Joe's character well, was the most annoying character because he came off as like this big man child, right? Because that's and what like, he is. 
They do that well. Yeah, I he is. Yeah. And I, I got the whole butterfly effect at the end when he dropped out. The butterfly dropped out of the cocoon. I'm like, maybe that's Joe transforming into who he's supposed to be. And I'm like, at that point in the movie, I'm like, okay, I don't want to have time. Yeah, for that's this on the like, nose, but I still was fine with it. Yeah, because right. they don't dwell on it. Or anything. Yeah, yeah, right. They don't dwell on it enough. But I just thought like this movie wanted to punch your gut and just held back. Like it was, it, it just held back when it should just went like for it, like. You got the tension between the two women, but they never really crossed that line where it was like too much. You know what I mean? Except for her having sex with Joe. Yeah, I feel like like, you wanted black swan single white female, but this was like the subtle unraveling version that you just didn't grab onto. Perfect. That's the perfect way to describe this movie. Yeah. And again, it wasn't terrible, but like if you're going to say, oh, it's up for best picture and screenplay and blah, blah, blah. I'm like. What are you talking mm. about? Like, give me Godzilla minus one over <laughs> this movie any day. I'm not saying that might not happen, goes. but, uh, right. you know, uh, as far as like our own personal choices. But I know. I just felt like, again, if this is on Lifetime, I get it. I, I totally get it. And I know that's what it kind of went for with the campiness of this movie. But Jesus Christ, like, I, I just don't get I think the accolades is what bothers me more afterward. Like, no, it, to me, it's not the 10 best. It's not in the top 10 picture, best pictures I've seen this year. I'm sorry. It's just not. Well, I, I've, we've had this conversation before where I told you that if you are even so so on a movie and somebody tells you it's a masterpiece, you're immediately going to be like, fuck this movie and, and drive you even further south with it. Right. Because yeah. that, that's harsh. It's it's hard to deal with. And we did it with Killers of the Flower Moon. We did it with Bottoms. We're kind of maybe sort of going to go through it with Saltburn. And, you know, it's only going to get tougher the deeper it lingers in the public consciousness. This movie, I don't see, like, a lot of, like, conversation around it besides critically. So it's going to have maybe some life as we get further into award season. I don't see a lot of people just... I, I, I don't know how well it's doing on... Netflix itself. I actually want to see if uh, what's on Netflix has their uh, their top ten uh, from over the weekend kind of stuff because I'd be curious to see did it actually draw enough eyeballs or people that into it um, to to know whether you know it's a successful movie in that regard. Right. So I am curious, but yeah, man, I I. I I dug the subtlety. I'll be very honest. I'm not even the biggest Todd Haynes fan. So I was surprised myself. And I also said, and a lot of people have said this, and I always see this as a little bit of a cop-out, but I will say the second viewing is better than the first. So that's okay. usually the mark of a of a good movie is that it gets better with multiple viewings. And I will say that for me, this movie was that. And I think that's part of the reason why my score went up. Before I even put out the review, I watched it multiple times. So that's just something to to throw out there. But I understand. I don't know what your score is, but I can see that maybe we're we're hitting the mid stride, just like we did with some of these other movies. I, no, I gave it a. I in the end, because again, it wasn't for me, and I just had all kinds of issues with it. But I ended up giving it a three out of five. Right, that's what I'm saying. Midstream. I, yeah. 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 I can't get any higher than that, man. Like, I love Natalie Portman. Like, I love her to death. But I just, I, you know. Do you love... Maybe maybe I'll watch it again. But, like, and in, in maybe through a second viewing, I'll appreciate it a little bit more. But uh, all the praise hopped on the actor who played Joe. I just I just didn't get it, man. I thought I could have acted like that. I will it say, okay. I, I at least partially agree with you there. I understand that that particular performance, that role... Is basically a, a a guy who's been basically beaten down from a controlling woman for two decades. Um, so that right. it's a tough role, and he's kind of like at a desperate crossroads. Especially at that particular moment, his twins are about to leave the house, and he's staring at being right. empty nested with a woman who basically controls everything he does and everything everyone he talks to every like you can see it even though it's again it's a little subtleties but you could see she manipulates him at every turn and it yeah. and you could see between his private conversations he has with people in uh this woman in the butterfly group on top of how he ends up with natalie portman towards the end that this guy 
is, as you said, he's arrested development because when you take a relationship, you give him children at the eight young age, like young teenager, you're done. Like you're cooked. Especially if you yeah. stay in that, you don't go through the therapy of getting past it. You don't do all, all that. And then on top of it, he mentions how his mother passed away, uh, you know, when he was like late teens, early 20s. Um, so he never really got to kind of have like uh, a mea culpa with her, too. Uh, and when she passed away, his dad's like rotting away seemingly, too. So he doesn't have a lot of outlets. He seems very trapped. And obviously you're seeing, yes, the on the nose uh, butterfly thing. But like he's he's really he he is just so beaten down. And I can uh, I can kind of go both ways with his scene with his son on the roof there where he really kind of like breaks down. Oh, that was so weird to watch, man. It is. But again, he's just he's at this situation know, where it's so weird. So. It's either you're just in, or if you're even like partially out, you're not gonna vibe. So he's a very sympathetic character. Yeah. I will say that, like, you really sure. do feel for him, right? Like, but I wanted a little bit more of like, you know, he was texting that person we will never know about. I wanted just a little bit more of that, I guess. Um, yeah, I think the implications are there. So I th- that's where I, I was know. like, I'm fine with all of that. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I hear you. It was okay. Like I, I'm not trashing it totally, because again, I could appreciate a film for what it is without me absolutely loving it. But I, I think it's because of all the hype that it's getting now. It's like, oh no, really? No, please. I don't think it's. If this wins any Oscars, I'm gonna be hot. I'm gonna be hot. So, I can see it. So hot. Like so, (laughs) the Melton thing. I think if he wins over some other people that I can just think of off the top of my head. I don't know, man. Like, I would be hard-pressed. Like, come on. Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer, you're going to give Charles Melton over that? I was like, come on, dude. And even still, like, for all the people who are more Barbie supporters than us, like, you know, the whole Gosling thing and and the takeover of that, you know, there's a lot of things. And De Niro from Flower Moon will probably be there. Like, there's a bunch of people who are going to be right in the thick of that conversation. And even that kid from The Holdovers, you haven't uh, been able to see that yet because it got pulled from your theaters or whatever, but yeah. you'll see like, oh, well, I'd give that over Charles Mountain too. So I agree with you. That's one of those where I'm going to be like, I like this movie and I'm still going, what? But at the same time, I hope it does give more people a thought to see this movie if that's how this is delivered. But yeah, I hope it doesn't like go all the way to the Oscars with him kind of like running the table. That would be bizarre to me. So right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I thought this movie had a little bit of like Lynchian type vibes. It had uh, the, the melodrama that hey, uh, Todd Haynes is known for in, in a lot of his stuff. And yeah, I, I was in. So to me, I think I said okay. last week, it's like in that 4.25, like four, four, you know, range. So, yeah, so to each his own, and I would not expect a movie that is about, you know, a child rapist who goes to jail, has a family, and is going to be like, yeah, no, this is for everybody. So, like, it's not. It's right. not going to be. And so anybody who says, I didn't dig that, what's wrong with you, I'd be like, well, you may have a point. Um, So that'll be fine. But <laughs> another packed episode, Shane. We really did it yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but good episode, though. Yeah. Good episode. And if you want some, like, uh, recommendations out there, too, um, we've been beating this drum. Uh, Fargo is continuing to show me that this is – I'm glad I picked this season of all seasons to start my Fargo uh, adventure. Uh, Murder at the End of the World is still going well. No issues there. Doing uh, that. You're not caught up with that, though, right? No, I'm not. I would say it's getting it's getting spicy. So uh, yeah, okay. check that out. Um, and then Slow Horses is back, and I'll uh, they put two episodes out. And I I told my friend who's a fan of the show as well, like, hey man, did you see it's back? He's like, I'm waiting to binge because this is a show that they're getting better <laughs> and better at giving you those like old school 24 cliffhangers to where it's like right, you know, just leaves you like. <sighs> I need the rest of this right now. So uh, it's so good. I love this show. Were you watching the show 
Oh, you're into the show too? I forget. I, have, I need to watch the show. Oh, I need to watch God, the yes. show. It's. Yeah. I know. I need to watch it. Yeah. When you know, if if when you're done with Monarch, it says next up, watch Slow Horse. Yeah, just hit. I'm there. Yes. That's all I ask. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Between Fargo and Monarch, I will start Slow Horses once that's all over yeah we'll do the apple tv swap i'll start watching monarch and you watch slow horses and, and, <laughs> and we'll have go. a great end of the year uh but great job by you uh this is a good time i don't know what's coming up for next week fully because uh the ooh, ooh. the options are not great but not great um yeah maybe <clears throat> we'll have some fun with it maybe we'll do a draft episode we'll kind of do some uh some cool things as we get into the end of the year i also don't know where we're gonna head as we get towards the holidays here, because I know we both want to see things like Iron Claw or maybe Ferrari or things like that. But yep. release schedule is always an issue with those type of movies that might get platformed. So it'll it'll all shake out. But we'll 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 have plenty to watch. And obviously everyone else does too. Thank you for tuning in. Do the right things. Like, subscribe, uh, hang out with us on socials at recent act pod. Uh, tell a friend. Um Tell a lover, tell a, t- tell a dying stranger in a bad marriage or whatever. Like, tell your friend who likes to have sex with graves. Tell anybody who has an ear. Uh, and we're not judging. No, we're not judging. No, by no, the way, absolutely not. Um, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time on Recent Activity.